2023 Gartner CIO and Technology Executive Survey noted that even before ChatGPT, one-third of CIOs say their organizations had already deployed artificial intelligence technologies and that 15% believe that they will deploy even more in the next year. But deciding how best to proceed means factoring AI into business value, risk, talent, and investment priorities. John Hillary, Managing Vice President in Peer and Practitioner Research for the Gartner CIO Research Group, recommends that CIOs create a succinct AI strategy document that synthesizes their vision and potential benefits, audits and mitigates risk, captures KPIs, and outlines best practices for value creation. In today's podcast for Future CIO, we are joined by Mr. Mr. Himanta Banerjee, Vice President of Public Cloud Data Services at Rex Space Technology, to offer his take on AI design and integration considerations for CIOs. Himanta, welcome to Podcast for Future CIO. Thank you, Alan. Really nice being on this call. What do business and technology leaders and users in Asia know about artificial intelligence as applied to the business setting, how it's being done today? So, uh, you know, Asia is not a homogeneous market. So if you look at, uh, you know, there are markets like Singapore, Korea, Australia, which has really advanced in terms of analytics and AI usage. And we see customers well into, you know, using it for, you know, five, six years now, well into the second generation of AI usage. But then you also have countries like Indonesia, Vietnam, where they leapfrog the prior generation and they are straight away going into the cloud and leveraging the new technologies that are coming out, whether it is OpenAI on Azure or Vertex on, on Google and so on. So it's really the different levels of adoption across the region. What would be, say, your perception that top three misconceptions versus realities that organizations will come to see quickly enough as they start to consider or deploy AI? So that, that's a very good question, Alan. And really, you know, the difference between mature uh, customers or mature organizations and people who are picking it up and doing it for the first time, you know, you see the differences come to light because of the misconception. In fact, Rackspace had done a survey of AI usage and a large percentage, roughly three-fourths of the people who had responded had said that going from a pilot or an MVP or a POC to production usage, it drops off very, very sharply. And the biggest misconception is treating it like any other IT project, because in most cases, most IT projects have a defined outcome. So if you're implementing a CRM system, you know, the end outcome of that is all of my salespeople are going to be using the system and I will have a definitive system to look at my opportunities, accounts and stuff like that. Right Now, when you're deploying a machine learning model to, let's say, recommend products to your customers as part of your storefront, there is no, first of all, there's no assurance that the machine learning model can do better than what a human can do. So many times we build models, we experiment, we we do A-B testing, and many times statistically we don't see a difference between a do-nothing approach versus what the machine learning model can do, right? So that's many times the machine learning model is not very effective because we don't have enough information. So treating it like a defined outcome IT project where I know precisely how long it will take, how the success looks like, uh, being very clear 
hear about it at the onset. That is not necessarily true for any kind of data science engagement. AI and in today's day and age, generative AI falls in the same category. All AI projects sort of fall in that category. You need to be iterative. You need to treat it like an experiment and you need to be agile and change what success means along the way as you learn more by doing those experiments. The second misconception that I see is AI will automate everything and it will replace jobs. So AI will automate everything. You know, we run into it again with customers who, who are doing it for the first time. AI cannot replace human judgment. So any business process that requires human judgment, we cannot use AI to replace that. Uh, and in the same way, AI cannot replace jobs because the jobs that require judgment have to be done by humans. In fact, in the generative AI world, there are three terms that are becoming quite popular. You have co-pilot, you have autopilot, and you have autonomous, right? So co-pilot is AI will suggest and then the human decides whether, you know, human takes it and then uses it as they see fit. Autopilot is where the AI will take certain decisions and then hand it off to the pilot, uh, hand it off to the human to actually complete the action. And then autonomous is where AI will take all the decisions on behalf of the human and there is no human intervention. What we have seen is majority of the business process improvements and the successful projects are where we use AI in kind of a co-pilot mode, where we use AI to get a better understanding, to crunch the numbers, come out with better recommendations of what needs to be done, but then a human uses the judgment and applies the context of their job to then use it in a manner that they see fit. So that's kind of the second thing. Replacing jobs, yes, that will happen. may happen at some point, but today I think AI is a good best man and not really autonomous as we would like to think. And the last is AI is a program. It is unbiased because it's a program. There's no humans. Humans by definition have bias. Again, this is a misconception because think about AI as a program that is learning from all the past decisions that you have made. And in the past, all of those decisions that you have made has certain amount of bias, has all of the complexities of human emotion and nature associated with it. So it is learning from that and unchecked, it is going to perpetuate that and just make it faster. You know, just because it's a program doesn't mean that the AI program cannot be biased because it is learning from biased individuals. Same way, you know, garbage in, garbage out. Human beings, when we look at historical data, looking at the numbers, looking at the results, we can, based on our knowledge and intuition, we can choose to use certain data points or ignore certain data points depending on whether we think it's correct or wrong. A program does not cannot make that distinction, does not have that judgment. So it will take everything as valid input and then the garbage in, garbage out problem kind of amplifies in that context. So, you know, just because the result is coming from a machine learning model or generative AI has given you this answer doesn't mean that that answer is correct. Uh, it could have learned something which is absolutely untrue. And in the world of generative AI, it's called hall- hallucination. So it, it can learn something which is completely untrue and then say that very confidently. As a human, we need to be aware of that and we need to always check to make sure that, you know, we don't take it at face value. Now, given all the hype around AI and it's relatively a new technology, for an organization to minimize their associated risk with something new, where would be a good starting point in terms of understanding what the real value of AI is to the business? 
Again, a very good question. So I would start with the co-pilot, right? So our recommendations, so we have engaged with a number of customers, both in the region as well as globally. And our recommendation to customers is to look at AI, you know, to experiment with AI and understand really the potential of AI. So the way we recommend, the use cases that we recommend are use cases that are internally focused so that the surface area of risk is lowered. You know, you can experiment, you can iterate over it, learn how the system works, learn how accurate it can be. And then both from a technology perspective and as an organization perspective, you can mature in the usage of AI. So that's one aspect of it. The second aspect of it that we recommend is that use the co-pilot approach where you're using AI as a means to assist individuals, make faster decisions to scale out their decisions as opposed to replacing human beings because we still need that judgment to make sure that we're doing the right things. Lastly, I think consulting with AI experts, so either having people who have professionally studied AI as part of the university or post-university education or working with solution providers that specialize in AI as part of your journey and including them in your journey is super critical because they can bring the, the knowledge associated with how to roll out these programs effectively, how to put a governance structure in an organization, how to define the operating model in the organization, how to make sure that the data platform that is feeding into your AI is robust enough that you can use that data for training your AI models and so on. So having the right team, whether it is internal or external uh, or, you know, partnering with solution providers like Rackspace becomes critical so that you are not faltering in your steps and then you give up because it seems too hard. If I were to ask you, okay, say I had the consultants that put together a team already that would help assist me in defining what AI, how to implement AI within our organization, where would be a good starting point to introduce AI in the workflow? Assuming one case would be where we're going through digital transformation or somewhere in that journey. And now we say, oh, AI, I heard AI is good for us. But where or at what point do I introduce AI where it makes sense to introduce AI? So again, a, a very good question. So like you said, it is part of the digital transformation journey, right? So start with, a, you should always start with a business process that you want to transform using AI being one of the tools that you can use to transform that business process, right? So what we recommend is to start with a small focus project so that you can demonstrate some quick wins, understand the ROI, and then from there, iterate through and expand the usage of AI within that business process and and across the organization. The other thing that I've seen is, you know, it cannot, again, be an IT project. These transformation engagements, if they're led by the business and business and technology kind of partner together as part of the scrum team, to use the technical term, if they're part of the scrum team delivering on these focused engagements, it makes the chances of success significantly higher because you can be agile and you can iterate through as you get the results from the experiments that you're running. In fact, when we engage our customers, we always start with what we call as an ideation workshop, which can be anywhere from two to four weeks, depending on the maturity of the customer. And in it's a design thinking workshop where we would essentially work with the line of business stakeholders and we would you know brainstorm on different digital transformation initiatives that they have to then figure out which ones could benefit from AI and if they have the right data in order for us 
to build the models that is needed for us to introduce AI for the specific problem statement. Uh, we have seen that that is usually a good way to get started because it's a fail fast kind of approach. So you can come in, you can discuss, you can, we can prototype something fairly quickly, see whether the business side of it or the use case side of it and the data side of it, whether there's enough, you know, do we have enough data and the, and the business case has enough ROI for us to use AI to move the needle organization. In my mind, that's kind of the right place to start. And then obviously, as we get more success and more confidence, we can scale it out to the rest of the organization. As with anything new that you need to introduce to an organization, particularly these days, uh, having some seasoned CIOs having been burned with introducing new technologies and discovering that they don't necessarily work and they do disrupt business workflow. How does one then consider integrating something like AI into the current business workflow while at the same time minimizing disruption to how things are done in the organization? Perfect. I mean, all IT projects succeed or fail because of change management. And this is no different from that, right? So we need to make sure that we are taking the organization along with us as we are transforming the processes using AI. So there are some fundamental things that we need to do. The first thing, in our experience, the difference between organizations that succeed and are able to embrace it versus those where, you know, you do a a pilot and then it doesn't move forward from there. The difference comes down to the overall all data literacy within the organization. In the organization, are the people data literate? Do they use data? Are they making data-driven decisions in their day-to-day job functions to begin with? Or is most of it coming from like standard operational reports? If people are already used to analytics, used to doing data-driven decision decisions, the overall data literacy of the organization is high. We see that you know change management when it comes to using AI becomes significant easier because they know the power of using data and how it can help in the decision making. The second is don't treat it like a big project. Have incremental steps along the way so that you know you can fail fast. If a particular approach doesn't work because of technology or change management, you don't find that out like nine, 12 months later, you can find that in, in a four, six week short period. And by making incremental small changes, it also makes it easier for people to embrace it because they are not unlearning and relearning a large part of their knowledge, incrementally their job becomes easier. And by the time you were done with a year, you would see that you have moved significantly from where you were a year or so back. You just made the point around fail fast as an approach to experimenting or seeing how a technology works. With a lot of organizations these days facing the reality that IT is more complicated, costs are more than what they expect, especially those that are in the... Do you feel that leadership outside of IT today do accept this idea of fail fast? And to what extent is it reasonable to have a fail fast philosophy in terms of experimenting with new technologies? Cloud really helps us to reduce the cost of innovation. Because if you think about it, back in the day, even if you go back, I don't know, five, six years, not very long back, if you go back five, six years, for you to start a project, you would need to make huge capital allocations, work out with with the vendors, buy license, buy the servers, set it up before you could write a single line of code. Today, you can experiment in an afternoon with maybe even less than $100 to see whether a particular approach works or not. 
in fact, you know, leveraging the services on public cloud, leveraging the elasticity of public cloud, it really allows us to really test our theory out, both from a technology perspective, as well as the appetite and change, change appetite and financial appetite of the business in a few thousand dollars, as opposed to, you know, spending millions of dollars. To me, the, the reason why the velocity of innovation has picked up pace in the last couple of years is primarily driven by this fundamental economic change in how these projects are delivered. Given that the business today is comprised of multiple functions, you've got marketing, sales, finance, operations, and of course management. In terms of these different functions that operate sometimes independently of each other, but do share common business objectives. If I were to do a pilot of AI, how would I then scale AI across the rest of the organization? Which is I will take Rackspace as an example. We provide services to our customers to implement AI and analytic solutions. We are also, like any other organization, we are also a user of AI within Rackspace to improve our operation and to go through digital transformation. What we are doing in order to make us more successful in, in adopting AI, machine learning, analytics within the organization. So the first thing that we are doing is we have set up a center of excellence, which is really a cross-functional team with practitioners across the various departments. And this team is responsible for ensuring that the target operating model and the governance structures that we have defined as an organization, this team ensures that those are being followed across the organization. The Center of Excellence team is also championing the digital badging of people within various teams, within finance, within legal, and so on. So we have defined a curriculum around AI awareness, around data literacy, and the champions from the various departments who are part of the Center of Excellence, they're also the community champion within the respective departments who are ensuring that their peers are getting more comfortable and developing you know, skills around AI, around analytics, and becoming more data literate within the organization. And this team also ensures that there's knowledge sharing across the various departments. And, you know, it sounds very formal, but it's really a very informal organization. We do things like tech talk, brown bag sessions, hackathons for like the finance team and the and so on. So we, it's really kind of community building around the concept of being a data-driven organization, while at the same time ensuring that you have the right governance structures in place. The second area that we are focusing on in Rackspace is also measuring the benefits of implementing AI in the various business process. There are two areas where we are making serious investments in using AI. One is what we have announced publicly called FAIR, you know, the Foundry for Generative AI at Rackspace. As part of the Foundry, we are developing a sales co-pilot meant for helping our sales teams be more responsive to our customers. As part of FAIR, we are also investing Investing in how we service our customers, you know, our, our frontline response teams, you know, how they can identify and solve customer issues that are reported quickly with more knowledge. And we are capturing this information and we are capturing the benefits that we are, we are receiving and we are monitoring it at the executive level within the organization to make sure that these efforts are resulting in real business benefit to the organization. My experience would be to recommend following this approach, you know, build a community around AR around data literacy in the organization, set up the right governance structures in place so that 
people can experiment within the guardrails of data privacy, security, cost consciousness, and so on. So set up a, a structure around governance, around how you manage your costs, giving people a playground that they can experiment with. And then lastly, measure the outcomes and ensure that only the successful experiments continue and the ones which are not so successful wither away and as happens everywhere. Having set the stage for when to consider bringing in technologies like AI and uh, and the teams and uh, process and workflows that need to happen, what would be the next step in the discovery process of what AI can do for my business? So we look at it as three steps. The first step, we call it IDA. So IDA, uh, like I was mentioning earlier, it's really a design thinking workshop where we, working with the stakeholders, we identify specific use cases that can benefit from using AI. We essentially rank order use cases based on the impact of the business, the availability of data, uh, and so on. And we take the use cases that are probably has the most impact. We also, you know, use this to define what kind of governance structures need to be in place in order for us to experiment and expand the usage over time. Coming out of the Ideate workshop, usually we, what we recommend, the next step is to build an MVP and we call that step as incubate, right? So we are incubating AI within the organization. So we would build an MVP, we would start setting up the governance, the operating model structures within the organization, testing out and starting the change management process. This is also the period where we would start to build the community and start educating the organization around using AI. Usually we try to keep it small. It would usually be roughly around one to two quarters where you would go through the incubation period where you are testing out how to use AI and how to measure the benefits that you're getting out of it. And then post that, now you can really scale it out. And we call that phase industrialized where you can start to then go and apply AI across multiple parts of the organization and do that at scale because you have already established both the governance and the culture of data-driven and people who are carrying the flag to scale that out within the organization. So really, that's how we see the rollout. So it's not a one-day or it's not a one-month IT project. It's really changing the culture and embracing AI within the organization. Himanta, thank you for joining us on Podchats for Future CIO. Thank you, Alan. Really appreciate it. That was Himata Banerjee, Vice President of Public Cloud Data Services at Rackspace Technology on the topic of AI design and integration considerations for CIOs. You are listening to the podcast for future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editorsatsociety.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for a free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podcasts for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podcasts for Future CIO. Bye for now. Thank you.